Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Man, Winnipeg is just crushing Toronto tonight now. 33-10 with six minutes left. So the Bombers will be two points ahead of the Eskimos for third in the West. The Eskimos do have a game in hand. It is 8.06 Inside Sports on 6.30. Chet, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Kellen Kennedy working hard on the other side of the window. Kellen, old boy. Hey, hey. Thanks, thanks for your continued efforts to Inside Sports. Oh, thanks for having me. You really <laughs> do deserve a pat on the back. And not, But uh, I don't want to touch you, so I'll just say you deserve one. Especially with Zika and well, leprosy. Well, I don't have and... Zika. I'm not a mosquito. <laughs> I haven't been in Brazil. No, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of mosquitoes out Evansburg and Whistle Way. So. Well, I don't live there anymore. No, I'm. You know, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. Ah, you're beautiful, man. No, ah, thank you. Uh, we shouldn't make light of the Zika virus, by the no, way. No, no, it's scary. Well. That, we make light of a lot of things on this show. By the we way, probably shouldn't. The beauty of it is, no one's listening. Did you see the color of the pool that the Olympic diving oh, was yeah, in? Oh, yeah, we were talking about yeah, that the other night that when you were strange. away. That is strange. Well, it's not strange. That's what happens when algae t- isn't killed. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's not strange. It's just science. So they might as well have just been di- diving in Horlack Park, then, is what you're saying. Well, like I said, the, uh, I don't know why they didn't go with my suggested slogan for the Olympics. Hmm. Real. Less sewage than expected. Ah, I like that. Get that on a T-shirt. Uh, speaking of sewage, Saskatchewan Rough Riders getting in a little bit of trouble. Oh, I'm going to make people mad with that one. <laughs> That's, uh, we're going to have people with pitchforks and torches waiting outside the... <laughs> people are driving in from Regina now. Yeah. At Reed Wilkins on Twitter, everybody. <laughs> the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders have been fined $60,000, and they have $26,000 deducted from their salary cap because of uh, a roster violations. Chris Jones, head coach and GM of the team, came out. Oh, i got to turn this up. And gave this statement today. And I'm here to uh, address yesterday's uh, league decision to fine our football club for roster violations. Uh, we received notice from the league office uh, a few weeks ago regarding uh, this inquiry. Uh, I was comfortable enough with our process, the way we do things, uh, that was developed through 14 years and four teams in this league that I invited the team representative to observe a practice, which they did July 25th. Uh, We were found to be in violation of having a six-game injured players participate in rehabilitation workouts after practice as well as having practice roster and players here for evaluation 
participate in developmental periods following our team's practice. I accept the league's decision and I'm aware of the errors. We've made the necessary adjustments and we'll be moving forward accordingly. I'm only here to talk about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, but I hope the situation results in all nine teams being held in the same, <clears throat> excuse me, same regard and to the same standard. After getting clarity from the CFL, we will continue to bring in players, many of which are Canadian, each week on an evaluation basis. We owe it to our fans to do everything humanly possible to field a winning team. I'm proud to work for the greatest franchise in the CFL. We look forward to the continued opportunity to create a winning team that our fans in Providence can be proud of. At this time, I'm going to answer questions about tomorrow's football game. Go ahead. Coach, what, what led you to believe that you were, now that it's a violation, that you were doing something that you believed was right? Anything on tomorrow's game, guys? All right, thank you. All right, that's it. He read the statement. <laughs> he said he wouldn't answer any questions about it. Our buddy Jamie Nye asked a question about it, basically saying, why did you think that this was right? Hmm. And uh, Chris Jones just just uh, just wouldn't talk. One of the guys on top of this story, Daryl Davis, uh, he works with Jamie at CJME Radio in Regina. He writes for Three Down Nation. Daryl joins us on the phone now. Daryl, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? All right, Reed. It's been a busy couple of days in Saskatchewan, as you can imagine. Though. Well, geez, uh, I, I guess, and I and I saw Chris Jones's uh, media availability today and his refusal to talk about it. Uh, any further, uh, I guess, Daryl, take me through the last uh, two or three days with your reporting and the Bo Levi tweets and all this kind of <laughs> stuff and how it, how it shaped up for you. I got a question for you first, though, Reed. Have you ever seen Chris Jones behave like that and not answer a question? Yes, I have. <laughs> okay, I thought that he was like that quite often. So, yeah. yeah, he's ducking his responsibility, and it all has to weigh down on him. The Rough Riders, since the beginning of the year, have been stashing players. It got up to regularly numbers of 95 players we're in the stable of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Some signed, some unsigned, some on injury list, stashed wherever you can imagine it. And they were practicing with players who were signed. It was, it was basically as much of a rule-breaking thought that, as you can have in the Canadian Football League. They thought, he says that they thought they were doing things properly based on what he's done at four different franchises over 14 years in the Canadian Football League. I find that hard to imagine that other teams would stash players to this extent. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, the Calgary quarterback, tweeted about it, and he was right, right from the start. So I sprung to his defense in a column on Three Down Nation. I've been saying the same thing for the last couple of weeks here in Saskatchewan, that uh, the Riders have had in excess of 90 players. That's against the rules. In some way, it has to be against the rules, and it's totally against what the salary cap was put in place for. The Riders got fined for those indiscretions to $60,000. Another 26000 locked off their salary cap following a $15,000 fine for not playing enough Americans a couple of games ago. And now Chris Jones has uh, released kind of a mediocre statement that says, well, you know, everybody else is probably doing it, so we got caught. Uh, we've learned from our mistakes. And he left Craig Reynolds, the CEO and president, to hold the bag and say, it's on me. And now they're trying to move forward, so we'll see if they can move forward. But it's not really on Craig Reynolds, right? I mean, Chris Jones is the football ops guy. 
True, but Craig Reynolds is the boss, and he understands in a community-owned franchise like the Edmonton Eskimos, you have to, when you're the boss, you have to step forward and take the blame. Take the You don't try to take credit, but you do have to take the blame when things aren't going your way, when something goes wrong. They have an employee here who's run amok, won't take the responsibility, so Craig Reynolds is at least taking the responsibility while Chris Jones cowers in the sand and tries to make his team better than one in five. Well, let me ask you this, and you referenced what Chris Jones said, that everybody's doing it and we're the ones got caught and we all remember what our general manager Ed Hervey uh, said uh, a few months ago everybody tampers we do it everybody does it it's just a matter of who gets caught uh, I mean what do you think of Jones's defense that that hey we're just we're just kind of following procedure and operating in the gray area that it usually has a blind eye turned to it yeah, but this is way more than gray, Reed. This is something that uh, they're putting players up in houses that they own. They own condominiums a few blocks from the stadium, and the players were evidently stashed there. So they're being paid to be there. These are things that aren't allowed under the salary cap, and everybody forgets that the salary cap was first brought into the Canadian Football League in 1988. It was put there to defend the poorest teams in the league, and the poorest team at that time was the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It allowed them to be competitive, to be on an equal playing field with everybody else. It's, it worked, obviously. The Rough Riders have turned around their fortunes. They're now the richest team in the Canadian Football League. And now, because they have that much money, they're spending it willy-nilly on fines, on players, on anything they can to try to get better. And that's not what the salary cap was put in place for. So the Rough Riders, who benefited the most from it, are now abusing it the most. Daryl, we know what Rider Nation is like. The fans are so passionate, and uh, I mean they're they're great, but they also, um, you know, passion can uh, blind sometimes. So, what's the fan reaction been to this? Is is it how dare this be revealed, or or the riders weren't actually doing anything wrong, or is there some acceptance <laughs> like, oh, maybe Chris Jones did step way over the line? Uh, you, you've got it. You've got it about fifty-fifty on that one, Reed, okay. because there's there's a half of the crowd who says this is embarrassing. It's bad for the team. It's bad for the league. And there's the other half who will never waver from the Rough Riders' way. They think that anything the Riders do that tries to win football games and tries to win great cups is good. Cheating, whatever that needs to be done, is great. And how dare us in the media, and how dare anybody like Bo Levi Mitchell question what the Rough Riders are doing? So. It's been uh, a lot of that the last few days, and it's fun on the open line shows here in the Green Zone on, our, uh, on CGME that we're getting a lot of those calls and talking about both sides of it because that's the fun part in Saskatchewan, and it's only sports. It's not politics. It's not life or death. It's only the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Daryl Davis from Three Down Nation and from the Green Zone on CJME Radio joining us tonight on, uh, on Inside Sports. So, I mean, you've covered the CFL for a long time. I- is it possible... I know. I, I mean, the CFL has stepped up and made a fine here. Is it possible for this truly to be policed on a team-to-team, day-to-day basis, though, or does it have That's to be great. where a Bo Levi comes forward and 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 the momentum starts? That's a great point. When I was the day-to-day beat writer for the Regina Leader Post, I used to count noses at rider practice every single day. I don't go to practice as much anymore. I'm not supposed to go to practice as much anymore. I basically look at myself as a season ticket holder with a blog and a and a radio talk show. So, uh, uh, I, but I still count noses. And when I was at a recent practice, you'd say, wow, there's a lot of players here. And you start figuring it out. The CFL used to rely on the media to keep track of how many people were there because they had such a small office staff. When they hear of something going wrong through the media, which often happens in Regina, Edmonton, Winnipeg, where there's a lot of Calgary, where there's a lot of media attention. There's not so much in Toronto or Montreal. 
so they don't keep track. But when something like this happens, they'll send somebody out, as they did this year, to this time, to check on the Rough Riders. They don't have enough people to keep track of all those things. It's not a big enough operation to have somebody monitoring the football team all the time. They're supposed to play by the rules. How do you keep track of them? Well, read the stories, try to keep track of it. Hopefully the teams are being honest about it. The Rough Riders weren't. They sent the league sent somebody out to count noses to see who was here, what they were doing. Found out the league that the riders were breaking the rules and punished them. It's a punishment of cash, so read. And the Rough Riders have so much money. This is going to hurt them not one little bit. And that's what people are saying. Uh, oh, who cares? It's a hundred thousand dollars overall in, in the big cost of things. You had to hit the team where it hurts, and they should have taken players off their negotiation list to weaken the team, and that would be a real deterrent in the future. All right, one, one more for you. I, I can only imagine the reception Bo Levi Mitchell's going to get. Uh, in, your year, <laughs> in your years covering the team, who's been the opposition player that's gotten it the most from fans? Oh, boy, there's quite a few, but I would have to say Henry Burris is still oh. – it's waned a little bit, but when Henry Burris left Saskatchewan to go join the Calgary Stampeders for more money and because the riders wouldn't, would not release Neilan Green, they wouldn't tell Henry Burris if he was a starter or not, when he came back, it just had – it was a, a love-hate relationship. Henry Burris called it, but I don't think they loved him very much. They kind of do now because it's past, but Henry Burris is probably the player – I've seen at Mosaic Stadium, Taylor Field, who was hated the most over the years. Bo Levi Mitchell, I'm, going, I'm interested to see how it's going to be on Saturday because I sit nine rows behind the Calgary bench and I don't want to be ducking beer cans getting thrown at them. <laughs> well, maybe if they're not open and they're thrown lightly, you can catch them and save them for later. <laughs> Darryl, I, I wish, yeah, I wish. Daryl, thanks so much for your time, man. Great insight into this story. All right, Reed. Nice talking to you. That's Daryl Davis from Three Down Nation from the Green Zone on CJME Radio in Regina. And you heard him say it there. He thinks the Riders got off easy. He thinks they should have had players taken off their negotiation list. Those are generally American players who, if they don't make the NFL or who come out of college, that CFL teams uh, have their rights. He doesn't think the fine went far enough. And, uh, you know, there's been uh, other CFL players quoted uh, Belton Johnson, an, an offensive lineman with the Edmonton Eskimos from a few years ago, said this kind of happened to him in Edmonton where he was kept around and kind of wasn't really on the team. This has happened in other cities in, with other franchises. The uh, extent it was happening in Saskatchewan, though, seems to be the problem here. And, and the fact that they were you know, spending money on players in an area where you're not supposed to spend money on players. That's what got them into trouble. Um, the everyone else is doing it excuse for that reason kind of wears thin. Kind of wears thin after a while. You can let me know what you think. 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. There is a CFL game tonight. It is not close. We'll have an update when we get back. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Song is called Dangerous. I should get royalties from Def Leppard. You should work for them. I could I could host a Def Leppard talk show. You could. 
Who? <laughs> the Daily Leopard? Every, every night the guest would be. No, yeah. the Daily Deaf. Daily Deaf? Yes. There, you just named the show. Daily Deaf. You've got to come uh, studio off the show. Okay. I'll host it. I'll produce. We'll have uh, just Deaf Leopard guys on all the time. Sure. I guess you could have Deaf Leopard celebrity fans. You know, Def Leppard fan club members. Exactly. Could you have guys from other rock bands of that era? I think so. Sure. Tonight on the Daily Def, Joe Elliott talks about cars in his garage. Yeah, like you'd, yeah, you'd find like that. you'd yeah. find uh, things. I just finished reading the book uh, called Adrenalized. It came out late last year, written by Phil Collin. Okay, yeah. Phil Collin, C O L L E N. Not Collins, who, right? The who drummer. they get they get mixed up yeah. for each other all the time. Phil Collin, the guitar player for yes. Def Leppard, wrote a book. Yeah. It wasn't great. wasn't bad. But as a huge Def Leppard fan, I had to read it. Cool. Sam G texts in. He goes, I can't stand the writers, but I can't help to love Chris Jones the way he handles the media. He just doesn't talk to them. <laughs> Eric simply types in and says, how's that writer pride now? And Lamont texting in says, I hate Chris Jones. Never liked him when he was here. All right. Al says, I think Bo Levi's Mitchell, Bo Levi Mitchell's coach was right. Mind your own business. I think this probably would have happened even if Bo Levi hadn't said that because stuff was getting around. Players talked to each other. And, I mean, there was re- reports that even current rider players didn't like it because they're like, I understand I could get cut or lose my job, but it's nice. it would be nice if I were competing against one or two guys and not five or six. Um, all right. Just checking something here. 34-17, Winnipeg leads Toronto. 92 seconds left in that game. The Blue Bombers have uh, been in control most of the night. The Blue Jays lost to Houston. 5-3 was the final. Edwin Encarnacion did homer in the uh, bottom of the ninth. Not enough for the Jays, though. Uh, Encarnacion hitting his, uh, what number was it for him? His 32nd of the season. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. By the Oh, by the way, if uh, Phil Esposito from the Hockey Hall of Fame was on the show off the top, if people miss that, hmm? tell them how they get it, Kellen. Well, you go online to 630ched.com, go up to the top bar where it says Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. You click on that, and it's posted hour one. There it is. Or you can sign up for the Inside Sports podcast, and then we'll like we get a, then we mail a tape to people. Is that how it works? Yeah, we can dub a cassette. <laughs> we do eight tracks. Uh, you know, beta, beta. We're also beta. We got beta tapes. That's special. We'll uh, run down the Olympics. Uh, Canada's uh, Canada with a good day. Well, mostly a good day. A couple losses to tell you about, but some more medals. A couple big victories as well. Inside Sports on 6:30, Chet. Do have a little uh, open line time if you want to jump in. Somebody was uh, asking about that. 780-496-0063. You can text 630-630. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 
Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Uh, in a few minutes, uh, about uh, 10 or 15 minutes from now, we will bring in Nick Ledgerwood, midfielder from FC Edmonton. They have been rolling along, rolling along. They got a match coming up on Sunday against Minnesota United. That's at 2 p.m. at Clark Field. FC Edmonton, 10 wins, 4 losses, and 3 draws so far on the season. They are uh, tied for first in the fall for, uh, tied for first in the in the fall season in the NASL. So, uh, yeah, they're doing uh, really good. They've won three in a row, and uh, they're trying to pull away a little bit here from uh, Minnesota United. So it'll be good to talk to Nick Ledgerwood, who is an Alberta boy. We'll get his uh, story, how he went from uh, growing up in Lethbridge to playing professional soccer. It's pretty cool. All right, here are some of the highlights from Rio today. Kellen Kennedy, we got a gold medal in yes. trampoline. Rosie. Rosie McLennan, yep. she's from King City, Ontario. Uh, I, I, I was making my notes here, and I did not get to see this uh, any of this today. Uh, as I mentioned, I, have, I was doing my fringe volunteer shift, so some stuff mm. happened while, while I was there. I haven't seen all, every single highlight. Mm. Uh, she had a score of 56.465 points. In tra- is, I guess that's good. I Yeah, I think they scored probably out of 60 or something then. If 56 You're just aside. making that up. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they could score out of 100 and Let's then try to just keep everybody some else was like, uh, here, Kellett Kennedy. Yeah. Like, I love how confident you were. Oh, yeah, it's out of 60. <laughs> I'm just guessing. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> well, we got a uh, silver in uh, rowing. Yes. Lindsay Jenerick and Patricia uh, Patricia Obi from Victoria, mm-hmm. and then Victoria's Hillary Caldwell tonight got a bronze in the 200 meter backstroke. Good so race, yeah. Canada's t- it was a good race. Good yeah. race. Yeah. The, the first two were quite a bit ahead. Uh, by the way, this Ledecky swimmer for the United States a little while ago, she like just crushed everybody. In oh the yeah, States. it's just brand new world she was record only by a good her own world free record, tenths. which yeah. she beat by about a body length. So yeah. that was pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, the Canadian soccer team got a second half goal from Sophie Schmidt. Stephanie Labe from Stony Plain got the shutout. one nothing over France in the quarterfinal. Canada advances mm-hmm. to play Germany. I gotta play, they got to play Germany again. Yep. They beat them in the pool stage, but the way the, the draw was set up was uh, that it was possible for them to play again. They mm-hmm. are going to have to play again. Yep. That's going to be tough, but Canada's playing well. Hey, you got to win. Just win. Don't care who the opponents are. Just win. Just win, You're baby. You're on fire tonight. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Uh, soccer team. They're out. They're they out. can't win anymore. Lost on penalties. It was a 1-1 game, and then it was 4-3 on penalties for Sweden. Mm-hmm. Goalkeeper Hope Solo, who's been in some trouble in the past. Remember there were those allegations that she beat up a couple of her cousins? Yeah. She's no familiar or no uh, stranger to trouble. She says today, Controversy. We, we played a bunch of cowards. The best team did not win today. Mm. She says, I thought we played a courageous game. I thought we had many opportunities on goal. I think we showed a lot of heart. The best team probably didn't win that game. No. But Sweden won today. But. So she should yeah. shut up, quite frankly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, you well can't, said, you can't yeah. win in that situation. No. It's not like no. Sweden's going to come out and say, ah, oh, you know what, you're right. We're just a bunch of wimps. We yeah. weren't even trying, and we won. And I United hate, States, you move on. I hate when players and coaches from the team that have won a game or something will walk walk out into the media and say, hey, we lucked into it. What does that mean? They lucked into the, the win. Like That they you, got lucky. That they got lucky, but they won. But come on, you'd want to come out and say, hey, listen, we tried harder than they did. Yeah, but sometimes, well, I, you try to be modest when you win, right? 
You don't well, want to be like, hey, we snot pounded him. No. Which the Sweden did not. No, it was a close game. Anyway, Hope Solo. Not good. Fourth place mm. for the Canadian men's doubles team of Nestor and Pospisil. They lost the bronze medal match to the United States 6 2, 6 4. Mm. Women's basketball. Canada losing 81 51 to the States. 45 straight Olympic victories for the Americans. Yeah. 45 straight Olympic victories. Catherine Plouffe from Edmonton played 12 minutes for uh, Canada, had six points. Her sister Michelle played about six minutes, didn't register a point today. Mm. Canada plays Spain next. They uh, will go through to the quarterfinals. Don't know who they're going to play. They're now 3-1. and one. The Americans obviously are 4-0. and oh. Now, how did they match up against uh, Spain? Canada, pretty good? Or... Uh, I think Spain is number four. Okay. I probably have it. I have my notebook here. Did I write it down the other day? Because I was writing down all the rankings. Mm. Uh, there's the volleyball stuff. Uh, I, I have it on some other sheet of paper. You mm. can just quickly Google FIBA women's rankings there. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it'll be probably a closer score, we think, than it was today against the Americans. Yes. Or we hope it will be at least. Yes, you would hope. Yes. In uh, baseball tonight, the Blue Jays lost 5-3 to the Astros. 34-17. The Blue Bombers beat the uh, Alouettes, or beat the Argos, pardon me. The Yankees are leading Tampa Bay 5-3 in the sixth. Alex Rodriguez playing his final game. He's 1-3 for three with an RBI double. Yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what do you have there? Uh, Spain is third. Spain is third, and we're ninth. ninth. Yeah. Okay. Who's yeah, two? So. Number two is Australia. Uh, okay, Australia. Yeah, so it's USA one, uh, Australia two, Spain three, and France is number four right now. Okay. Yeah. In uh, the Western Major Baseball League in Swift Current, Swift Current leading the Edmonton Prospects 2-1 in the seventh inning. That is game two of the best uh, of five league final, 7 p.m. at Tellus Field or the Edmonton Ballpark, whatever they call it now. Well, I just got a really interesting text message. I don't think I can read it on air. Oh, okay. Uh, this text, though, that I can read says, Friday off-season inside sports is my favorite inside sports. Oh, that's nice. Somebody's happy listening to the show. Thanks for listening. Hope your week was good. Hope your weekend is better. <laughs> that's just... <laughs> That's all uh, I gotta say, pretty much. That's you know. uh, the Sportsnet stats just tweeted out here about the Blue Jays. Blue Jays offensive ranking since August first: Run, runs per game tied for 28th, batting average 29th, on base percentage 27th, batting average with runners in scoring position 29th, slugging percentage 26th. Ooh. What are there? 30 major league teams? Yeah, that's not great, that's especially not great. going into this part of the season here, where they should be driving for a playoff spot. So That's so ugly it hurts my feelings. Mm-hmm. This portion of Inside Sports brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or it's free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Next Eskimos game will be in Toronto next Saturday, 12.30 pregame show, 2 o'clock kickoff right here on 6.30, Chad. Well, when are we going to have an Oilers broadcast? We're doing those Penticton games, right? When's the first one? The 16th, I believe? I don't know if we've officially announced that yet, but I, we're doing it. I've been given the go-ahead to go. Okay. So now the four people that are still listening know about it. So, yeah. I had no idea up to this point. I was going to be like, well, you're the Oilers guy. You have all the info. So <laughs> You're very giggly tonight. Well, um, 
You're not no. taking anything, are you? No. Just sunshine and happiness over here. Well, you, you're high on life, buddy. There we go. That's what I, I appreciate you, Bob. Yeah. You're, you're, you're high on life. Mm-hmm. Um, Excited oh, to be back. Here's a good text mm. from an unnamed texter. Sign your name. This is actually funny. Well, and a little mean. This person says, I think the Ryder fans should trade in their melon heads for toilet bowl heads. I don't think they're going to do that. That'd be interesting headwear, but uh, I don't think so. Jay Bueller says, can I get a copy of tonight's show on Reel to Reel? Mm. We'll look into it. We'll look into it. Great format. Had zero, I've had zero experience with Reel to Reel, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. So. I used a little bit of Reel to Reel in Nate mm-hmm. in uh, 1998. You still learned a little bit on it. Ah, okay. There's See, probably a Reel to Reel in this building somewhere. When I was there, it was completely digital, so... When were you there? Uh, 2007, 2008. So. All right. About 10 years after you were. Almost 10 years? Yeah, thereabouts, I would say. 07, 08. You said, what, 98, 98 right? 98, 99, I would Yeah, say. okay. So, nine yeah. years, 10 years. Great era. Great era for the Nate program. Mm. It really was. Mm. Uh, who in my class uh, would people know? Well, Lee Jones, who is uh, with CTV Regina. Yep. Sometimes you see him on TSN. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in my class. Mm-hmm. Uh, who am I? Who else am I thinking of? Uh, my buddy Mark Strashick is on uh, Calgary Radio as a news reader. Yep. Well, Rick Lee was on Sonic. Oh, yeah. He's right now. Mr. He's, Sonic. Is he in Vancouver yeah. or Victoria? I think he's in Vancouver. Vancouver, yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah. There's yeah. Some people. Some Not people might know. And from my class, uh, the one and only infamous Tom Gazzola. Oh, Tom Gazzola. Tom Gazzola. Yep. From Oilers Television, mm-hmm. legendary man. I golfed yeah. with him the other day. He's played really well. He's golfed well a couple times. Oh, I've he's, played with him. He's he's a uh, he, he does know how good a, a, an athlete he can be. He's just uh, his he's just reaching his potential there. He'll be in the Olympics one day. In golf, I don't know. In something. You're just you're just <laughs> making random things up, Dylan. <laughs> it's eight forty-four. Nick Ledgerwood from FC Edmonton. When we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Hey, I want to welcome to the show for the very first time midfielder for the Red Hot FC Edmonton Soccer Club, Nick Ledgerwood. Nick, you're on with Reed Wilkins. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. Thanks. Yeah, thanks a lot for uh, joining us. I, I guess you're not superstitious. We've never done an interview before, and you guys have won a no. few in a row, but I guess you, you, don't, you don't think this is going to mess it up, eh? <laughs> no, of course, not. of course not. No, I'm actually not too superstitious. I kind of stay away from that stuff. So you don't have any uh, pregame rituals? or just, I imagine, you, uh, here's the thing, though. I know most athletes have routines, but maybe that's different than being superstitious. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's more of a routine. Get a good meal, uh, you know, kind of prepare the same way you do all the time, and uh, just get some good music going in the locker room before a game, and that's uh, that's kind of the routine for us. What's the more important meal for you, the the game day meal or the one the night before the game? The the night before is the one for me. Yeah, I try to do a, a good carb load and uh, just feel good about it. And uh, every once in a while, I have a glass of red wine with it. So that's that's kind of my go to meal. Well, you're okay with one one glass of wine before night before a game, eh? Yeah, it helps me sleep a little better. Okay, I got gotcha. you. All right, perfect. Now, what? Do you, how much do you run in a game? Is it like how many kilometers would you run in a match? Like, I assume it's double digits. Uh, probably, yeah, right around 12, I would say, for okay. a midfield player. So, yeah, probably about 12 kilometers a match. Okay, so 
Now, the day after a game then, is it like you pretty much do nothing or do you do some light training? Yeah, uh, it depends if it's a long travel day or if we're playing at home. If we're playing at home, I try to do uh, just a real light regen the, the following day. If it's either just on a bike or, you know, even just going out for a longer walk. But it's usually not much of anything after, after game days. Okay. Well, things have been uh, great for FC Edmonton uh, lately. You guys are, are in a playoff spot right now. It, actually, in the fall season, you're tied for first with the Indy 11, and you actually have a game in hand. So in, in terms of percentage, you guys are in first place. And uh, you got a great home record. Just what's been clicking for you guys here? Yeah, things have been, things have been going extremely well this season. I think it's just uh, the group of players that are there right now. We have a strong core group of players that have, uh, you know, a lot of experience and, and they have that winning mentality. Uh, you know, teams have struggled coming to Edmonton. I don't know if it's the long the long road trips coming to Edmonton, but, you know, everybody struggles coming to Edmonton to get points on us. And uh, if we keep that going, I think, uh, you know, we can definitely stay in that playoff spot come the end of the year. Well, and, and I know you guys want to hang on to that spot for sure. Now, how much does I, I, I like asking athletes this because look to, to play at the level you're at, you got to be fast, you got to be tough, you know, you got to be smart, you got to be able to control the ball, play defense, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, how how do you quantify what the the level to which confidence is playing a factor in what you guys are doing now? Because there must be a different belief level than maybe even there was in the in the spring season. Yeah, oh, I mean that that definitely is a huge part of it. If, if you believe in, you know, the things you're doing and the things you're working towards, especially the guys around you, uh, you just have that confidence to go out every week knowing that, um, you know, you're going to put in another good performance. The guy beside you is going to do his work. And I think guys just kind of buzz off the confidence throughout the other guys in the team. And uh, like you said, it just kind of builds it up a little higher, you know, things that maybe you wouldn't try normally in a game you're trying and, and they're working. Uh, so it's just all those little things that, uh, help out and all the guys pushing each other as well definitely help. Nick, I want to get to know you a little bit because you're an interesting story. You're an Albertan who's now playing professional soccer in Alberta, so that's a great yeah. story. But but uh, for for uh, you know for most for most not athletes for most people it's never a straight line right from from one thing to another. Um, of course not. T- tell me a little bit about uh, playing soccer in Lethbridge and and reaching a high level and how you were able to get noticed to play professionally. Yeah, I like you said. I grew up in Lethbridge, born and raised. Uh, went through all my uh, childhood soccer in in Lethbridge, and it wasn't until I was uh, 16 until I moved to Calgary uh, to play on. They had a team called the Calgary Storm back then, and that was a, an A League team, which is now the NASL, which we play in. Um, so that was back in the day, and I got noticed by. Uh, the coach there who said, you know, we'll bring a couple players overseas to Germany at the end of the season and, you know, you guys can try your luck over there. He organized some tryouts uh, over in Germany and a couple of guys went over there when I was 18, the other guys were 21. And that's where, that's where I got picked up in, in Germany. I had a tryout with 1860 Munich and they, they liked what they saw and offered, offered me a contract. Um, and that's kind of where my European career started. I, I ended up playing there for six years and then jumped around to a couple different clubs in, in Germany as well as, as Sweden. And 
13 years later, I'm I'm back in Alberta playing for Edmonton. <laughs> well, how are, uh, are, are, do you run into a lot of Canadians playing? In, I guess you specifically were in Germany and Sweden. Were there a lot of Canadians in those leagues, or was it an unusual to be a Canadian playing there? No, not, a, yeah, it was pretty unusual. I mean, there there is, uh, you know, definitely a handful of Canadians over overseas, but you could probably can't count them on two hands, you know, the Canadians that are that are over there uh, playing at a, at a good level. So it's definitely few, but I think I think it might be helping because MLS is getting bigger, North American soccer is definitely getting bigger. So now now the goal isn't all of a sudden I got to get over to Europe as quick as I can. You know, there's uh, there's five good professional clubs in Canada now where where players can make a good living, and I think that that definitely helps out. Nick Ledgerwood joining us on Inside Sports, midfielder for uh, FC Edmonton. They got a game against Minnesota coming up on Sunday afternoon. Hey, you're also a, a member of the Canadian men's national team. I think you're approaching uh, 50, and I got to use the right terminology. It's 50 caps, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. You're, yeah. And uh, look, um, unfortunately, and you're as aware of this as everybody else, the the Canadian men's soccer team has been kind of a a frustrating one for people to watch over the years. Well, I mean, where are you guys at? What's what's going on with the with the World Cup qualification and just how close is Canada to kind of getting over this this hump that we've been trying to get over yeah, again since '86? Um, it's uh, it's definitely getting better, I would say, in Canada. I think it's just the awareness of of all the soccer and the grassroots soccer that's starting to pick up. But you're right, it is. It's been frustrating years uh, with the Canadian Soccer Association and it's. It's funny that you said four years ago we had qualifying for the World Cup and we needed a point down in Honduras. And unfortunately, uh, you know, things went terribly wrong. We lost down there and we were out of the qualification. And now we have the same opportunity coming up uh, the beginning of September. We have a a qualifying game in Honduras. Uh, We're both Honduras and us are tied on four points for second place in the group. So uh, you know it's going to be a huge game for Canada, and if we can if we can grab points down there, we definitely uh, will probably be moving on into the next or to the final round of of qualifying for for Russia 2018. So um, I think the group of guys we have now is a little bit more experienced and and capable of getting a result down there than it was four years ago. So um, in in saying that, it's never an easy place to go down and get points, but I think we're we're more prepared now than we were four years ago. That's okay, and that's in, that's on September sixth. That game. Uh, September second is September the game 2nd, in Honduras. So, okay, and then and then we have the home game against El Salvador on September sixth, and that's in one. Vancouver. Yeah. Okay, and they're and they're kind of struggling. So if you can get those Honduras points, then you're looking pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mexico's ran away with the group. They'll they'll definitely qualify, but it's the top two teams that that go through. So if if we can grab some points in Honduras and against El Salvador at home, uh, we'll be moving on to the next round, and that's the that's the final round of qualifying. So that's huge for us. Okay. Well, all the best with that. But in the short term, obviously, all the best this weekend with FC Edmonton. You guys are doing great. And uh, Nick, you've you've got a really cool story. So thanks for sharing it with us tonight. Ah, uh, Reed. Thank you very much. Thanks for the phone call. That is Nick. Ledgerwood from FC Edmonton, 2 o'clock Sunday at Clark Field against Minnesota United. It's also footy for food day, so you can bring something in support of Edmonton's food bank.
besides Nick Ledgerwood tonight. You heard from Daryl Davis from Three Down Nation. You heard from Blake Dermott from this very station. He's our Eskimos analyst. Drew Spivak from Denver Sports 760 talked about the Patrick Waugh situation. And right off the top of the show, this was incredible. Phil Esposito, Hockey Hall of Famer, Tampa Bay Lightning founder and current radio analyst was on the show. Monday, Dave Campbell, who's the producer of this show, is going to sit in for me from 6 to 8. I have a fringe volunteer shift. Morley Scott will have the Eskimo show from 8 to 9. The studio producer this evening is Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always great to bring you this show. Have a joyous weekend. Maybe tomorrow I want to settle down Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.